if you woke up this morning and someone looked you in the eyes and said, you're beautiful. And if no one did that, I want to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make this uncomfortable quickly. That smolder. You are beautiful. And the response should be, thank you, Milo, you too. Thank you. Yes! This church is amazing. Come on. Come on. Where's my phone? I was, while we were busy, we got to that second song, and uh, then sings my soul. And, and just the phrase stood out for me, and it's like, how great your love is. If it wasn't for love, we wouldn't be sitting here. And, and may I dare say, we've been going through, if this is your first time here, sorry, let me get this out of the way. My name is Milo. Uh, it's hello. Um, we are busy. Um, we are ending off a series of going through the book of Colossians. And um, we have called the series Family Vibes. And Paul is writing this letter to this church in Colossae. But before I even get there, I just want to describe this. At the end of this letter, the last verse of chapter 4, now, now I, I didn't put it up, but while we were singing that song, it says, how great your love is. In normal English terms, we would say, how great is your love. But as we sang that, it just made me go to that specific verse. And, and, and Paul says in verse 18 of chapter 4, it says, I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. And I couldn't help but just get an urge, a sense of how much he loved the church. He didn't know these people. And yet he decided he was going to write this specific letter while being bound in chains, not knowing what his outcome was going to be, to encourage them in the word. And I believe everything in his heart was going, how great your love is. So as we close off this last part of Colossians, may we always just have this in our minds, how great is God's love. That he sent a guy that would write a letter to encourage us to keep moving forward. Hope has a name. I don't know what you've been going through, but God gave his son so that there'll be hope in Jesus. And so with that, let's move on to Colossians quickly. I hope you guys have learned a lot through this series. I have. Uh, you know you've... You, your, your wife's been paying attention when you get home, you do something, and she goes, but hold on, this is what the pastor said. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really crazy. So um, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 4, and I want us to start in verse 9. Now what you're going to find is this is going to be not your typical kind of scriptures. 
your readings. No one's going to go through this passage when they read it at home and go, hey, I'm going to tattoo this on my arm or something like that. Uh, I highlight and make notes of it because it's a very different. Paul is closing off this letter. And I thought it'd be a very, how can I, what, what is the word I'm looking for? It's relevant to us to close it off with Paul's closing. And so in chapter 4, verse 7, he says this, Tychicus, um, for parents, um, planning kids, that's a nice name, Tychicus, uh, when he runs around you, we can just call him Ty, um, Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with uh, Onesimus. Onesimus, that's another. If you're having twins, this is it. You'll never be able to get it wrong. Tychicus and Onesimus, our faithful and dear brothers. Come on. Have you met a, a Onesimus before? Have you met a Tychicus? <laughs> Onesie. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I, I think my wife. Kids? No, no, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you, they will tell you everything that is happening here. So I want to close this series off, um, spending a few minutes talking to you from this title, Play Your Part. Let us pray. Father, open the scripture to us. Thank you for this letter. This journey has made us grow and given us fresh new eyes. And I pray as we close off this book, may it only open doors to a new walk with you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Um, any serious sportsman out here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I check... Um, so, so my wife is very competitive. Okay, let me ask this. Any competitive sportsmen here? <laughs> Who's lying? Who's lying? Who's not putting up their hands? Okay, are there any, is there anyone that goes, okay, I just love playing any sports because it's fun. Can I, can I see those hands? I want to know who I'm talking to. Okay, there we've got some fun people. Whoa, is there those that go, it's because I was forced I will play? Yeah, they, you know, they're the honest people. Those are the ones we want to talk to now. So um, we, we, love, we, we do family days every now and so often. And um, I remember our first one, we played rugby. A touch rugby. Yes, dude, if you want to see Milo run, dude, give him a rugby ball. Dude, my legs were loose. Like, and, and people were like, just like, come on, Milo, keep moving, keep moving. No, I'm just joking. Um, uh, we, we played on the field, and all we did was, it's like, it doesn't matter who you are, fall in line. Yeah. Our second uh, family day, we, we played soccer. Do you guys remember that, for those who played soccer? I mean, we had some skilled people. Where's Rudy? Yeah. Yeah. Man, we should sign him up. We're going to make money with that guy. Uh, so, I mean, there, there, was, there was the seriously competitive people. 
Then there were those that just wanted to have fun. And then there were those that's like, okay, I'm here. What do I do? And, and no matter who you were, what category you, you placed yourself in, everybody was just a part of the team. Like, you had those guys that would curve a ball backwards. Uh, I mean, you didn't even know how this thing was going to curve. It went like this, and they were scoring goals. And then you got a person that accidentally tripped himself and headbutted the ball and saved a goal. I mean, we had those people. And it doesn't matter. This is the thing. It doesn't matter whether you're good or not. Everybody gets to play a part. And the more people, the better it becomes because... We didn't have much space. You know, we played in between four um, cones, and we just added more people, but then we realized people were cheating, you know. They called themselves Christians. <laughs> that was me, apparently. Yes, like, woman, sure. And, and then the more people you add, the more fun it becomes, the more dangerous it becomes, the more we test your faith and who you say you are in Jesus Christ. So, so we make the field bigger. So this is the type of thing that we experience with family days. Everybody gets to have an opportunity to make a difference. And the more people you add, the bigger the space needs to become. Everybody needs to move out. We start using more of the field. And this is the same that should happen with our walk with Jesus. Everybody gets a part to play. And the more players we get, the bigger we become the more space we need, the greater our reach, the more people we get to encounter and tell them about the love of Jesus. And so as we close this series and we look at what Paul is writing over here, he is writing this letter. And we would normally skip over this if you are just like new to reading your Bible or if you don't read your Bible often and they start... You guys know in like the Old Testament is like Milo begot Judah begot, give us a nice name, Onesimus. <laughs> you, you know, we read that and we skip over it. Kind of like the terms and conditions, or, you know, like of an app. How many of you guys? You, you have to agree to our terms and conditions in order to continue with the app. How many of you guys have read it? Some of you go, ah, what's that? I don't have time. I need to play this game. <laughs> but then you get those as like, I agree. And I take my three days to read through this. If you are, Jesus loves you. <laughs> but here Paul is, does something really totally different than a few of the other writers of the New Testament. He gives us a list of names. And like I say, it's easy for us to just skip over it and ask, like, how does this really help me grow? How does this apply to my life? It's just a bunch of names I don't understand. But can I tell you, these guys are going to actually help us close the series. The first person, Tychicus. When we open the passage, we see that this is a guy that has been really close to Paul. While Paul is in prison, because he's writing this from a jail cell. How many of you guys have ever been to jail? Don't be, don't be shy. I've got family that has. Not from my side of the family, I'm just saying. Don't judge me. I saw you guys. Look at me. But we love them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, anybody got a lot of lunch 
and, and a spare bedroom. <laughs> so, um, Paul describes Tychicus as a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. And we all come to church with expectations, right? And a question that I have for you at this moment is, we want to create a vibe, we want to create a culture within our church, and so I'm asking you, what do you want in church? What are you, what are you expecting in church? But one thing that I've learned as we were going through this passage, and we said it last week, whatever you want, you have to be. If you want to grow, you have to be a student. You have to actually want to go home and read the Bible. If you want someone that can encourage you, why don't you become someone that encourages others? Where you go, can I pray for you? I've got a word for you. When I want to belong, do you come in here and go, hey, can I actually become a friend of yours? Can, can I connect with you? Because whatever we want, we have to become. And so, as we look at Tychicus, can you be someone to someone in need? Yes? Brilliant. Because then you're a brother or a sister. Can you be someone that reads the Bible and then shares the scripture on Facebook, on WhatsApp? You know, personally, phone someone up and pray for them. Can, can, can you do that? Brilliant! Because you can be a faithful minister that way. Can you welcome someone in church? Can you make them a cup of coffee? Um, can you pass my cup? I only heard two people say yes. Um, can you show someone where the kids' area is? Can you show someone where the bathrooms are? Can you help someone out of the car? Because then you can be a faithful servant. And this is something that we learn from just who this person is. Is The first thing I want us to talk about today is don't complicate it. We think that when it comes to someone that ministers, he needs to, or she needs to be someone that stands up here and has a platform. Yeah. No, if you want to minister to someone, are you just available to share God's word with someone? If you want to be a brother, are you looking around? This is why I go, hey, look, just look at each other quickly. Do you see, do you see everybody? Who's not smiling? Now, don't everybody go and find that one person that's not smiling and go, I just want to encourage you through the word. But maybe they do. That's what we need to do. If we want to create this culture, don't complicate it by, oh my gosh, now we have to take their phone number and then we have to go pray up a storm at home. You should be doing that already. But, you know, let's not complicate it. If you want to be encouraging, if you want to be a brother to someone, just be available. And that is who Tychicus was. Guys, who loves two-minute noodles? Look at all those curry noodles. Everybody just put their hands up. Um, have any of you ever eaten two-minute noodles? You know, you just open the packet and just... No, no, don't come in. No, whoa, whoa. I do that. I'm not going to lie. You know, I won't eat the whole thing. 
I put butter on it first. No, I don't. No. no. But, but has, has anybody who, who has just like taken and just eaten the two-minute noodles before you cook it? Yeah, you tasted it without the, the, the seasoning. I must tell you guys, when I first, my wife and I first started dating, um, I can't remember why, but she made two-minute noodles. And I, we were, I was obviously hungry, yeah. So, you know, when you're hungry and they say two minutes, I'm expecting noodles in two minutes. <laughs> but my wife did something like, I mean, she, she put on the, the stove. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like the, there's the microwave. <laughs> then she boiled the kettle. And then she threw the boiled water in the pot. I'm like, what are we having with the two-minute noodles? And she turns around to me and is like, this is the noodles. And she throws the noodles in, and then we wait. Five years later, she takes it out, she seasons it, and then like, but wait, I'm like, okay, I can eat this now. She's like, no, it's not done. I'm like, I'm dying, yeah. like grating cheese and slicing salami. I'm like, it said cheese noodles for a reason in two minutes. It was amazing. <laughs> but a lot of times, we complicate the simple. <laughs> we make it better, but sometimes we just need to not complicate it. When it comes to being a follower of Jesus, creating a culture that is welcoming and inviting so that people can experience Him, it needs to be simple. Now, I've got to tell you, you guys will be looking here, and it's like, Milo, I'm like, all the, the volunteers are like, Milo, why didn't you preach this before we packed all this stuff out? I'm like, it was simple, man. We complicated nothing. We're going to have some good discussions after this by some of our guys. But I want, I want to point out something here quickly. Tychicus was someone that was really close to Paul ministered with this guy, sat around him when he was writing these letters, so he was part of his inner circle. And normally we look at people that are very close to really good preachers, oh no, untouchable. They are there. And what does Paul ask Tychicus to do? He goes, will you take this letter and walk kilometers and go and read it to a church I've never met. And what does Tachikus do? He goes, whoa, beneath me. Can we not get a courier service? He goes, no, I will do that. Faithful with the small. And, and this is something that we all need to understand. He, all he did was take a letter from Paul and went to go read it to a church. He didn't complicate anything, but he thought he was just carrying a letter. But what he didn't understand, he was carrying words that was inspired by the Holy Spirit that will one day form part of a book that will change my life and change yours. Can we not complicate this walk with Jesus? Because it will be the simple that will see change come in your life, 
into the people's lives around you years to come. Read your Bible. Grow from it. Simple as that. Be a brother, be a sister. Be available. See you change people's lives. How many of you are too scared to phone someone to tell them what you're going through? Get over it. How do we know that there's stuff going on in your life if you're not going to tell anybody? Can we be a church that prays for each other, that supports each other? How are we going to support you if we don't know? We celebrate you guys when you guys do something amazing. Can we be there when you guys are laying on the floor flat and going, Lord Jesus, we don't know what's going on. Can we be the people that pick you up and put you on a mat and carry you to Jesus? And can you be those people that will pick up a mat and carry people to Jesus? You don't have to call an Uber. Just call a friend. I like my coffee black with no sugar. Cheap round. Serve each other. Can we be Taichikas and not complicate anything? All he did was carry a letter from Paul to a church. We are talking about creating a culture. Can I ask us to become culture carriers? What kind of culture do we have over here? Oh, we love people. We don't just love them, we want them to become family. What does family do? Do you guys, who's got a family that never shouts at each other? Wow. <laughs> Everybody's eyes are like. <laughs> guys, we aren't perfect. No one's family is. We're still family. Blood is thicker than water. So they say. I don't know but I'll be there for you if you need me. And you don't have to complicate it. You just have to phone me. So, become culture carriers. Don't complicate it. The second person I want us to look at is found in Colossians 4 verse 10. It says this, My fellow prisoner, come on, guys, check this name out, Aristicus. Come on, come up with a clever name for that guy. Hey, you can't. Arrest! Arrest him! No, never mind. Um, my fellow prisoner Aristicus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. That is a really strange portion of scripture just there. Who is Paul talking about? He's talking about this guy called Mark. Mark and Paul have a history. Any of you guys have history with someone? You know, like if we were sitting and having coffee and someone like waves to you or greets you and I go, hey, who's that? And you go, long story. How many of you guys have those people? I, I've, got, I've got, guys, I've got those stories. Um, there was this one guy that used to work at the church that I met Allison at and oh my gosh, he was that guy. You know when he wanted you to do something in group prayer, he'll pray it. Like, oh Lord, 
And may Milo not be that guy and may he go and pick up that chair and move it because it's skew. In Jesus' name, amen. You know those guys, he was that guy when my, my mom-in-law met him in, 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 a, in a shopping center. She goes, hey, you Milo and Allison's friend. And he goes, I don't know about friends. Acquaintances, yes. I mean, like, how many of you guys have history with people? Even worse. Like, has your spouse met your girlfriend? Oh. It's like, we have a history. Oh, my word. I mean, like, can we be real? Like, we have real lives with real stories. Here is a real story. The thing with history is... <laughs> Just because you have history with someone doesn't stop Jesus from loving them or you. Doesn't stop Jesus from using them or using you. And yet we always feel, I've been wrong, God, do something. So let me tell you a little bit about Mark. We have to look at Paul and we have to go back to the book of Acts. In chapter 13, the great council of apostles get together and they go, who's going to go where? So they pull Barnabas and Paul together and they say, okay, you guys go this way and you go and spread the gospel here. And Barnabas goes, you know what? I've got a cousin. I'm bringing him with. And on their trip, on their way there, Mark goes, after being in certain places, Mark goes, this is not for me, I'm leaving. He quits. And he runs away, back home. Anybody have anybody that dropped you? Mm. Have you dropped anybody? I believe I have. So in chapter, from chapter 13 to chapter 15, there's a little bit of a gap, but we find Paul and Barnabas talking about Mark again, because what they want to do is Paul wants to head back to the church, the Gentiles that he has shared the gospel with, and he goes, Barnabas, let's do this. Barnabas goes, okay, cool, I'm going to bring Mark, my cousin. And how many of you guys have ever gone, not that guy? We don't want that dude. And that's what happened here. Paul doesn't want Mark to come because Mark dropped him. And so Paul goes, no, not Mark. It becomes such a heated discussion that they split and they go their separate ways. Paul and Barnabas. And yet God uses both of them. But not only does he use Paul and Barnabas, but God also starts using Mark. Because... Here in the passion of, um, passage of Colossians, we see that something happens that needs to happen within our lives. We need to be those that forgive and that allow ourselves to be molded by God. Because here's Paul that pushes away a dear friend because of a guy that dropped him, and his letter to this church goes, I'm sending Mark. Welcome him, because he's amazing. The second thing 
that we need to understand that Paul is telling us as he's closing this letter is that we need to know that it's not over. Just because we have a falling out with people doesn't mean it's over. Just because you're not where you think you need to be doesn't mean it's over. We are never going to be perfect. We are going to mess up. People are going to let us down. There's going to be pain, but it's not over. Jesus never gives up on us. See, I wrote this. It's never too late to forgive someone that lets you down because it's never too late for you to ask for forgiveness where you've let someone else down. And that is what we have to see here. God is constantly working in us so that we can become more like him. How many of you guys know that's not easy? Any parents ever give your kids a hiding? Ever? Don't laugh. It's joyful. I read that scripture to my kids every time just before they get a hiding. Count it all joy. No, I never. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I remember the first time my oldest son got a hiding. Man, I think he was two or three. He wasn't listening. I sent him to his into the bathroom, gave him a hiding, closed the door behind him. I cried louder than him. That was the last time I cried for that boy after giving him a hiding. Smile now. But yeah, I'm sorry. It's true. Um, no, I'm just joking. But um, when we need to be changed, it hurts. Because there's so much of us that God needs to break away to make so much more room for Him. The way we think, the way we act, the way we talk, the way we interact with people. Last week we spoke about how prayers change us so that we can encounter people. Have you ever had a conversation with someone that you just don't like? But they're there. And every time you think about them, the only thing that goes through your mind is the train eating them. <laughs> wow, Milo. No, I was just, you know, these are other pastors. No, I'm just joking. It's, it's at those moments where you should stop, breathe, and bless. Pray over them. Because we don't know what God's got planned for their life. Ugh. But if I can pray for them... Lord, imagine what they, people are praying for me. Yeah. Am I, if, if I want to build myself up, can I build up other people? Yeah. Our past mistakes don't have to define our future. It should just be a place where we go, it's a turnaround. Yeah. I messed up, I know, I'm sorry. Yeah, that word is hard. Yeah. My wife and I, we don't fight much during the day. But um, I constantly find myself, whether it was her or me that started it, whether it was her or myself that was actually the problem, I find myself going to her and going, sorry. It's hard. But I want her to know that 
no matter what happens, I love her. And it was just a moment, and I know I need to change. You guys have all seen that. If you did something wrong, your wife is right. If your wife did something wrong, she's right. <laughs> if you both did something wrong, you are wrong. Yeah, you know, it's those kind of things. And I come to learn about that really early in my marriage. Guys, there, take that one. That one's for free. So it's not over. Just because you parted ways doesn't mean it's over for them in Jesus or over for you in Jesus. Just because at this moment you don't know what's happening and all you can think about is how they wronged you, it's not over. Or how you've messed up, it's not over. This is the God we serve. Second chances. When we play games, my daughter's always the first one to fall out. She's like, oh, be like Jesus. Give me a second chance. <laughs> my daughter, we're trying to be like him, but we're not. <laughs> Love them. Reach out again. Forgive again. It's not enough we be Christians. But we need to become mature Christians. If we want to see change, we need to mature. And then the last person I want us to look at. Turn with me to Colossians 4. We're going to be in verse 12. Here we go, guys. Grandparents, I think you should name your grandkids. Epaphras. There we go. Uh, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you. That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. There's that word. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and those at Laodicea and Hierapolis, Epaphras. We met Epaphras in chapter 1 of Colossians. He is the guy that started the church. And he saw that things were kind of getting a little bit wobbly and skew. And so what does he do? He goes, I'm going to find someone that can help us. I know Paul. Paul is the one that spoke the gospel to me. I need his help. See, you don't need a platform. You just need to be consistent. Consistent in reading your Bible. Consistent in praying. Consistent in being available. We can't one day go, hey, I'm available, and it's like, Two minutes later, okay, can you move that? Uh-uh. What's wrong with you? It's all about being consistent. Paul says here, he always wrestles in prayer for you. When we meet him in chapter 1, Paul goes, and here's a guy, we are continually praying for you, but he has so much good to say about you. The last thing I want us to look at 
when we want to create a culture, when we want to see things change, when we want to be carriers of anything, it starts in the heart. How many of you guys have hobbies? Anybody? Um, and is there anything you love doing? Don't put up your... I see Lavino's going, I love running. I'm like, no one does. I do. See, it can start in the heart, but it doesn't get to the... It can start in the head, but it doesn't get to the heart. I love saying this. You can change your mind, but you can't change your heart that easily. So no matter what people say, if you are totally passionate about what you do, it's not going to change what you do. And that is for the good and the bad. Whatever has your heart has your full attention. It has everything of you. Paul says he prays for the church always. He speaks well of the church. You see, this is the thing. We have to play our part. Everybody has a part to play. You might not be able to preach and you're too nervous. Man, Ali showed me this thing. I wanted to put it up on our church's Instagram post of like, my dog is an introvert. And so I took him to a dog park with a whole lot of introverts, with the dogs that have the same phobia. And all the dogs were just sitting there, <laughs> not talking, not running, not sniffing. I mean, come on, that's what dogs do. I mean, I like, just sat there. All the dogs looked at each other. We can't be that church, guys. Can we be a church that plays their part? So you might not be able to talk up a storm, but can you make a good cup of coffee? Can you help people with their kids? It's like, yeah, let me show you where we need to be. Can, can I encourage you through the word? Can I be consistent in things? We all have a part to play. Pray for each other. Can you guys pray for each other? There we go. Can we speak well of each other? Now, you know that Milo guy? He's amazing. Thank you. This is why I married you. You're awesome. I love you because you know how to make me feel happy. See, it hasn't ended two weeks after the challenge, man. Uh, let's just, I think Epaphras is a nice name. <laughs> Pray for the church. Pray for your church. Speak well of your church. Pray for your company. Speak well of your company. My dad always said, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. Can I say, if you don't have anything good to say, start praying. Why keep quiet when we can change it? None of the guys mentioned were rock stars, but they played their part. They did the simple things. They didn't give up. Most importantly, they did it all out of love. I want to close with this. If you want to see change, may we look at what they did and see that it's easy as being available. Keep trying. Keep praying. There's someone that needs you to be a brother. There's someone that needs you to share a word with them. There's someone that needs you to talk well about them, to talk well to them. Can we carry that culture?
Let us pray.